Well, good morning. I, I, I don't know. I just wanted to be on the floor today. Can everybody see me okay? I don't know. I just felt like it today. I haven't pulled my computer out. I don't know why. I just, just was in a mood to do something different. Um, so we are finishing up this uh, alignment series here in a couple weeks. Um, I still got a few, few messages. Alignment in our calling is one I want to do, our purpose. Alignment in relationships and alignment in the church. And uh, I don't really know how far we're going to get to that because this young lady here is about ready to pop. And um, so when, that, when, when JJ, not his real name, shows up, uh, you know, on the name front, we've actually been working on some names. And uh, Sarah came to me. She says, you know what I really like? I like the name Maverick. I'm like, Maverick? So why don't we just name him the middle name Goose and, and Maverick Goose Sparkman. Everybody under 40 is like, what, what is he talking about? Yeah, yeah, Top Gun 2 is coming out. And what I can't figure out is why does Tom Cruise look the same in Top Gun 2 as he did in Top Gun 1? I mean, I, that's 30 years ago. I'm like, what elixir this guy, every time I see him, is like, this guy doesn't age. Oh. What? Boat? I don't know what it is. It's something powerful. So, um, yeah, that's good. All right, well, we're going to recap our alignment series real quick, and then we're going to get into a little, little different thing today. I, this is not really a message that even has a bunch of points. I'm just kind of talking, so uh, ho- hopefully the Lord works through it. But we've got four, four prophetic words over 2021. Be strong and courageous. They're out there on the board. Year of alignment, new wineskins, new mantles, and a place of healing. And of course, we've been talking about how these, we believe these have an order. The order is be strong and courageous because you're about to go through a season of alignment. Anybody in here feel like this has been a year of alignment for them? Things have kind of just, I'm like, yeah, two hands right here. All right, I see that hand. You, we go through a year of alignment, but out of that alignment comes new wineskins, new capacity and anointing so that this place becomes a place of healing because the healed become the healers, the delivered become the deliverers. So when you begin to operate in what you've called to do, now you have the tools in place to begin operating as a healer and see what God does through you. Um, alignment simply means when things are in order, things in the correct place. Of course, out of alignment means things out of order, out of correct place. And so I've been talking about this concept uh, about alignment. Alignment is not about balance, but it's about order. Okay, let me try one kind. Balance is not about... I messed it up. Alignment is not about balance. It's about order. Order. All right. Colossians 1.9. This is our theme verse. I have ton of scripture. Uh, I mean, ton of scripture. You guys are okay with that today, right? Um. Colossians 1.9, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. We can have knowledge of his will, but if we don't have the wisdom and understanding of how to implement it, you know, we've talked about this. There's a lot of people that are really book smart, but they have no common sense about how to do anything, right? They can, they can spout a bunch of data, but then you can't get them to change a car tire, you know, so... What we want to do is we want to get the knowledge of God's will, but then we want to ask God for the insight and understanding of actually, actually how to implement that into our lives. 
So then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. Your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. So three things happen when we get into alignment with God's will. We get in alignment. Number one, we honor and please the Lord. I don't know about you, but I want to honor and please God with my life. I, I, just, I just want to honor and please God with my life. Number two, you, we produce good fruit. We're all producing some kind of fruit. What kind of fruit? And what kind of fruit are you producing? And you realize fruit is meant to be eaten. So somebody's eating your fruit. Somebody's eating some of your nasty fruit. And some is eating some of your good fruit. Right? And number three, we walk in. You'll grow as you learn to know God better and better. Really, we're just talking about you begin to walk in the new revelation of God. I, I really believe this is, I begin to see things. Now I'm producing fruit. I'm honoring God. Now I'm actually, my life is becoming more than just about me, and I begin to see the revelation of God, like, hey, God, this is what I'm called to do. This is what I'm called. I'm getting to know your heart better and better, and now I can see what you want to do with, through my life. So what's the proper order? I'm just doing recapping for those who are new. What's the proper order? Well, Jesus first above everything else. Matthew 6, 31 says, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for the days, its own trouble. In fact, I would just say, when we are anxious about tomorrow, it probably has to do that we're out of alignment. Something is out of order, Right? Because when God is on top, we don't have to worry about tomorrow. He's got it covered. I think it's in my water here. Let's just say that one line right there. Seek first. Let's say it all together. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Amen. So I was ask, asking the question as I was reading this. I thought, what does it mean to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness? I mean, we're saying this, but have you thought about it? Like, what does it really mean to seek the kingdom of God? There are 160 references to the kingdom of God in the New Testament. Do you know what Jesus talked about more than anything else? The kingdom of God. So it must be a big deal. So I want you to lean over to your neighbor and say, this must be a big deal, the kingdom of God. It's a big deal. The kingdom of God. So I want, to, I want to read some scriptures because as I begin to get into it, I begin to go, oh, wait a minute, what am, am I missing something here? Um, so here goes a lot of scripture. Matthew 4, 23, and he went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. He was declaring the gospel of the kingdom. Matthew 13, he says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and say, sets, sells all that he has and buys the field. So that's how big the kingdom of God is. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. To get the kingdom of God. That's, that's me. That's my fault right there. Turn that off. Luke 8. He said, now listen to this, to you it has been, been given, now he's talking to the disciples, to you has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. 
the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables, so that, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. That's why Jesus spoke to them in parables. Jesus spoke to them in parables because they, he understood that there's going to be some people who are really seeking after the things, and they will understand the truth. The others who are hearing the parables, they'll say, well, it's just another story. That's why he spoke to them in parables. He said, and so he's telling his disciples, I, as I'm telling this parable, I'm actually giving you the secrets to the kingdom of God if you're looking for them. Acts 19.8, we get into the New Testament, uh, not the New Testament, but the church. Acts 19.8, Paul, as he entered the synagogue for three months, spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. Listen to this one, Acts 28.30. This is Paul. He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Now, now, now you see two different things. He uses the kingdom of God. I'm telling about the kingdom of God. And oh, yeah, and I'm also talking about Jesus, who's the king of the kingdom. And then Matthew 24, 14, he says, And this gospel of the kingdom, Jesus talking, will be proclaimed through the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So what is the kingdom of God that he's talking about? Why didn't he say this, kingdom of, this, this gospel of salvation? He didn't say that. He said the kingdom of God. Let me give you a little uh, definition of this. The kingdom of God is God's rule through God's people in God's place. Let me say it again. The kingdom of God is God's rule through God's people in God's place. Literally, it's God's reigning power through believers literally bringing down heaven to earth so that a place becomes God's place. Pretty interesting, huh? We bring heaven to earth. The gospel means good news. So Jesus is literally saying it like this. This, key, this good news of God's rule through God's people in God's place will be proclaimed throughout the whole world. Isn't that interesting? I know you're thinking about it because I've had to think about it. So this is bigger than a ticket to heaven. This is bigger than just your sins forgiven or that you're going to heaven. That's all, that's all great. This is actually us entering into an entire new realm of living. An entire new realm of living. So there's two realms at work, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. Satan controls the kingdom of darkness. He actually, I'm going to show you in a second, he controls the world right now. Did you know that? He's the prince of the power of the air. Jesus came and brought and invites us into a life into the kingdom of God. So God had given man, specifically Adam and Eve, dominion over the earth. He said, cultivate the land. In fact, I really believe what, what God's call to Adam and Eve was to actually create the entire earth to look like Eden. His in, their design was, I want you to take this perfect place and I want you to cultivate and take dominion. And so the entire earth looks like heaven here. I'm actually giving you the keys, Adam and Eve. But through their sin, they actually handed over the authority. They handed over the keys to Satan through deception, right? 
Psalm 115 says this, the heavens are the Lord's heaven, or the, the heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of men. So right there it just says he gave us the authority. He gave that to us. Luke 4, 5 says, Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Listen to this. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you will worship me. And Jesus replied, Scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So the enemy rules... The, the prince of the power, he's at work in the world, right? Ephesians 6 says this, We're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. There's a battle going on. Jesus destroyed the power of the devil in the works of the devil, in the curse of sin, in believers, if you will believe that power is broken in your life. His, his rule and reign over you is broken in your life. Colossians 2 says, He canceled the record in the, of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by His victory over them on the cross. I love that. He just put them to shame on the cross. But so then what happens here? So he breaks the power. He takes the keys. And what does he do? He gives them to the church, us. And he says, now it's your turn. I'm, Satan took it at the garden. Now I went and stole the authority back. I'm giving it to the church. Hmm? The other garden. Yeah. Amen. Listen to this. Matthew 16, 18. We all know this verse very well. I also say to you, Peter, upon this rock, Peter had just confessed, Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He says, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or hell, will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth. Now listen to this. I like this version because this is really the most accurate, the way it's put. Whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall have already been loosed in heaven. What does that mean? That means the kingdom of God has a will, and our job now is to enforce what is in heaven here onto the earth. There's no sickness in heaven, so our job is to enforce the power of heaven into the earth. That's why we have the keys. Satan has taken the lives of people and addiction, and our, our, our job now is to bring the kingdom of God into the earth, all right? And it gave the church authority over the devil. And here's the cool thing we are literally catapulted into. The kingdom of God through salvation. Okay? You cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot enter the kingdom of God. If you do not know Jesus, you don't, you're, you're clueless. It's, it's like this whole, it's like this Narnia thing, okay? It's, it's like this, this whole other realm that if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you, now you may know him, but you've had to have a, I'm talking about an experience with Christ where you have really said, I've totally given my life and there's an exchange that happens. When that happens, you are literally birthed into the kingdom of God like a, like a child, like we're about to have a child, little JJ, 
He's used to this nice little, little comfort thing. And then one day, all, what's going to happen? All of a sudden, he's going to go, ah, i got to breathe on my own. This is a whole new world. I don't know what this is. I've been hearing voices. <laughs> You're the voice? Oh, okay. Jesus replied, John 3, 3, I tell you the truth. This is literally, I think, my favorite scripture. I tell, they're all my favorites, but this one probably is top five. I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, listen to this, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now think about that. Do you ever notice that there's like things that we see as Christians, even in what's happening in our society right now, that we're like, how come they're not seeing what we're seeing? Like, is it just me? Why Are they people going crazy? See, we think that we are trying to fight against principles. Abortion, wrong. Whatever it is, we're fighting about for freedom. We're, fight, we're, we're fighting, hey, uh, you know, marriage between a man and woman. We think we're fighting against principles. No, no, no. The problem is we're fighting against rulers and powers of the air, but the problem is we have seen what the kingdom is all about, and they haven't. It doesn't make us any better. Our job is to say, hey, let me show you something. So the more we try to fight and, no, this is wrong. No, what we need to do is we need to bring them a gospel and show. Now you can see, because now you've entered into the kingdom of God, and now you have eyes to see, oh, I had no clue. Now I know that's not right. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus. Nicodemus, who was a religious leader, came to him in the middle of the night because he didn't want to be seen with Jesus. He's scared, right? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Meaning, he can't enter the kingdom of God. First, he has to be a human, born of water, and of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's actually the one that, that brings about new life. Humans can only re reproduce human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. That's powerful. We enter in the kingdom of God. Philippians 3 literally says we are now citizens of heaven. Your citizenship is now in a brand new place. I want you to think about that a second. Your citizenship is now in a new place. There will be a future kingdom that will be amazing. Now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get there. We will enjoy eternity. It will be much greater. But there is a realm of the kingdom we get to experience here on the earth. And the gospel of Jesus Christ, the cross and the resurrection, is like, it's like the hub of a wheel. It's the center and out from that hub comes all the things of the kingdom of God. You cannot experience them without the hub. But once you get in there, then you start to experience the thing. You experience power, abundant life, healing, peace, joy, the fruits of the Spirit, provision, the timing of the Lord. You begin to see things. And so the hub is the gospel. We always go through there. And out of that comes all the pieces of the kingdom of God. So kingdom has to have a king and kingdom of God has a king. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen? And the kingdom comes with its own set of laws, its own culture, its own values, its own way of doing things. Anybody ever been here out, out of the country? Anybody been out of, out of the U.S.? All right, just, with, just for fun, on the count of three, everybody say one country you've been to. One, two, three. Brazil. All right. 
Awesome, got that. I have no clue what you said. <laughs> if you go, I got a couple of pictures. If you go to France, it's laid back, right? Doesn't that look just, oh man, I just kind of want to go there right now. France is laid back. That's the culture, right? It's hard to get things done. I have friends, that, that missionaries, and they say, man, you just can't get stuff done. Everything takes forever. But if you go to the next one, to Japan, now that doesn't look fun right there at all to me. Japan is known for working like a dog. I mean, literally, people are, they, they have words for people who die from work, overwork. We talked about that. Then you go to North Korea, and it has literally no freedom. It is the most restricted country in, in, in so many different ways, especially the gospel. And then you come to America and has the most freedom, right? For now. Come on, we got to pray it in. We got to keep praying, Lord. The kingdom of God has its own values. The kingdom of God has its own ways of doing things. It's totally different. It's supernatural. It's a new realm that when we accept Christ, we actually step into this new kingdom, God, uh, kingdom realm, a new supernatural realm, right? The God who knows everything about everything is the king. There's no striving. There's no anxiety. There's no worry. Perfect peace. Why? Because he is in charge of everything, and he knows everything. Paul tells us what the kingdom of God looks like. He says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So when we come into the alignment with the kingdom of God, we flourish. When we come into alignment and with the ways of the kingdom of God, we thrive. We live abundant lives. Many Christians get their ticket to heaven but they never fully operate in the new kingdom values. They continue to live in the old kingdom's ways. Jesus gives us some of these values of the kingdom, some of the laws. Like the law of gravity, there's laws in the kingdom of God. Let me give you a couple of them. The law of the seed. Nothing begins without a seed. Nothing happens without a seed, the law of sowing and reaping. How about this law? If you want to be great in the kingdom, you become least by serving. That's a law of the kingdom. Do we feel that in the world? That is not the world's way. <laughs> you don't become a servant. You lord it over people. You let them know you're in charge, you're large and in charge. How about this one? If you want to enter the kingdom, you have to become a child by faith. How about this one? Those who have more, more will be given to them. That's a law of the kingdom. Did you know that? Those who have more, more will be given. Right now we're looking, if you have more, we need to distribute it to everybody else. But the law of the kingdom actually says, those who have been good managers and have more, I'm actually going to give you more and take it away from those who are not good managers. How about give and you shall receive? That's a law of the kingdom. We don't hear that. Give, the more you give, the more you receive. No, no, no. How about lose your life and you will gain it? I love, you know, when I was talking about if you want to be great in the kingdom, you can't come least by serving. I love what Francis Chan said. I heard him on a uh, podcast and he said, you know, John the Baptist came. They were baptized. Jesus' disciples were baptizing Jesus. And he said, and his disciples came to John the Baptist and says, look, man, he's baptizing more people than you. What's happening? He's getting bigger. And John the Baptist says, he must 
increase and I must decrease, right? And I love what Francis Chan, he said, he says, we're living in a world where people, including Christians, thinks I must increase so that he must increase. I must get more famous. I must get bigger. I'll get more followers so that I can point them to Jesus. And John the Baptist says, no, that's not the law of the kingdom. The law of the kingdom is I decrease so that he can increase. Put Jesus first is another law of the kingdom. So when we seek the kingdom of God, what does it mean to seek the kingdom of God? It's seeking to know and follow the ways of the kingdom. I've got to, I've got to follow the, the values of the kingdom of God. You prioritize the ways of the kingdom of God. Everything else will be added. So I want to talk about one aspect. I, had th- I put in my email that we were going to talk about three aspects of the kingdom of God. I, got like, I could only get to one. <laughs> I could only get to one. And even that was not what I planned to do. And, and this is um, the principle of time in the kingdom of God. The principle of time in the kingdom of God. God cares about time. He made time. He created it. Think about this. We have a God who knows every minute before it happens. Our days were written down before we even lived one day. Think about if you knew what every minute of the day was going to happen before it happened. Think about that for just a second. Wouldn't that be nice? I don't know. I think that would be a curse, actually. (laughs) You knew every minute what was going to happen before it happened. You knew the outcome of what it was going to be. And you knew the timing of how it was going to happen. Let me ask you, would you be really stressed out about life? Probably not. Think about if you knew every NFL game or every college football game before what, how it was all going to turn out, before it even happened. And you're hanging out with friends and they're stressed out like, oh, my team. And you're like, no, dude, I wouldn't even worry about it. He's, he's not going to make the fourth down. He's going to kick the field goal. I wouldn't even worry. You know, you wouldn't even stress about any game. That's the God we serve. The kingdom's schedule is different than the world's schedule. He lives, he's in a totally different time frame. And I'm going to show you here in a second. So Satan, who rules the world, who rules the, the, the kingdoms of this world, he's the prince of the power there, he's an angel. He does not, he's not omniscient. He doesn't know all things. He's very perceptive, but he doesn't know what's going to happen in the future. Only God does. He is an all-knowing. So listen to these scriptures here, just a few, few scriptures to help us understand this. Galatians 4.4 says, When the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. When the right time came. Think about that. God says, I'm waiting from the beginning of creation. The Bible says he was slain before the foundation of the earth, meaning before the earth was even created, God said, at the right time, bam, that's the time in history that I want him released. Ecclesiastes 3 says this, for everything there is a season, for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. 
This is contrary to the ways of the world. Kill something? Yeah, yeah, because that's the rhythm of the kingdom. Sometimes it's time to... In fact, Jesus says, unless a seed goes into the ground and dies, it's never going to be anything. The world has this plan, let's keep building, let's keep building, let's keep building. The Lord, the kingdom's rhythms is sometimes it's time to build and sometimes it's time to kill. Sometimes it's time to tear down. Let me read this last one, Habakkuk 2.3. The vision, he's talking to, to Habakkuk, he says, the vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. You see, when we live on the world's time, we think God's slow. We think God's delaying, but he's always right on time. The rhythm of the kingdom is so different from the rhythm of the world. We've been talking about the Sabbath. That's a rhythm of the kingdom of God. The Sabbath is the rhythm of the kingdom of God. Take a day off, one day a week, where you stop doing all work and watch how God works for you and you're more productive than you would be if you'd work seven days a week. Chick-fil-A is a great, great example of that, right? So the world's ways are work till you can't work anymore. And when you're exhausted, go take a vacation. God's rhythm of the kingdom is take a day off, be obedient, and you will be able to sustain this for a long period of time. Jesus operated on kingdom time. Did you ever notice Jesus was never in a hurry? I mean, he never was in a hurry. He's driving his disciples crazy. He's like, hey, you know, you're talking to this woman. We really should be heading to the... And he goes, no, I'm doing what I need to do right now. Hey, you know, we really need to be... We've got to, we've got to send this thing out because we've got... Lots of people cramming, want to know, no, I'm going to hang out here. I'm going to go pray for a little bit. What? Jesus, this is the time. You think that's the world's way. Go with the momentum. The momentum's here. Strike it while the iron's hot. You've got to get to it. And Jesus says, no, 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 I'm on kingdom time. I'm not supposed to do what everybody else thinks. I actually am following the will of my father. And he says, take a break. I love this. Some of these verses here with Jesus. Matthew 4, 17. He had just had an encounter with the devil, okay, in the wilderness. And it says, from that time, Jesus began preaching, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 30 years, Jesus is in obscurity. We know very little about him. King of kings, Lord of lords, literally the son of God here on earth. And for 30 years, he's in obscurity. And at the right time, he says, now it's time to release it. Think about that. We don't, we don't think that way. If you've got a gift, if you've got a talent, if you've got something, come on, get it out there right now. You need to be a star. You need to be a YouTuber. You need to do all this. Right? Get it out. You've got a gift. You've got to let the world see it, right? See, kingdom time says, no, 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 there's a time in their season for me to release this, and it's not time yet. We've got to get on God's time. I love this one here, Passion Translation. After this, Jesus traveled extensively through the province of Galilee, but he avoided the province. Um, let me skip verse 2. Now the annual Feast of Tabernacles was approaching, so Jesus' brothers came to advise him, saying, why don't you leave the countryside villages and go to, the Ju to Judea where the crowds are? so that your followers can see your miracles. 
No one can see what you're doing here in the backwoods of Galilee. How do you expect to be successful and famous if you do all these things in secret? Now's your time. Go to Jerusalem. Come out of hiding and show the world who you are. And the Bible says here, his brothers are pushing him even though he didn't, they didn't yet believe in him as the Savior. What does Jesus respond? My time of being unveiled hasn't yet come, but any time is suitable opportunity for you to gain man's approval. Any time works for you, but I'm on kingdom time. For you living in the world, you can do anything you want to, but I'm on kingdom time. And I know what my time is, and it's not time yet. And Jesus is the example. He says, I'm actually giving you the keys of the kingdom, and you get to walk into the kingdom of God as a believer, and you get to walk on kingdom time. You get to actually be able to ask the Lord, should I step into this or should I not? Should I go speak to this or should I not? I love this other one from Peter. We we read the scripture about Peter confessing, you are the Christ, the Son of God. After this... It says, the very next verse, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and sacrifice and be killed on the third day he raised. He had not revealed what he was about to do until that time. You know, obviously Jesus knew all this stuff, but how many times do we get some kind of revelation from God? And we're like, I got to release it right now, right? Carolyn knows this. She'll tell me, you know, I got this word, but the Lord didn't tell me to release it. We think we get this revelation from God, this dream from from the Lord. And it's like, I got to release it. Everybody's got to hear it. But no, just like Jesus, he was on kingdom time. And we've got to listen. When When do I release that? When do I release that? What about Lazarus? His best friend was sick and Jesus was in another town. So the two sisters sent a message, Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he says, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. He was on kingdom time. I'm going to do a miracle. Most people are like, Jesus, you're the healer. Get to him right away. No, no, no. God wants to do something, and he's not going to really get the full glory if I just show up and heal him. I'm listening to the voice of the Father. I'm going to stay two more days, and it's not going to look good, but it's because I'm going to show you a miracle. And here's the thing, guys. God's timing is not ours, but he's invited us into the kingdom realm. And if we get on God's time... We're going to see amazing things happen in our lives. So we've got to also understand God's kingdom operates with eternity in mind. The world is all about right now. I've got these few years here on the earth, and God says, you've got eternity with me. Eternity. You know, you have eternal purpose. Do you understand that? When God created you, In the womb, you have an eternal purpose. He's not looking at just what you're going to do on the earth. We're going to have jobs to do. We're going to be ruling and reigning. The Bible even talks about you're going to be over cities. 
That's what the Bible tells us. And so he's using all these gifts of ministration and, and musical gifts and, and whatever you have. When he's, he's looking thousands and thousands of years, or, or there's probably not even really years in, in eternity, he's looking way down eternity and say, I'm going to need these gifts. So as this person is being formed in, in the mother's womb, I'm putting in him things not just for this earth, but for eternity. I put that musical gift in him because he's going to be singing with the angels thousands of years from now. So God's not about now. We think everything needs to be accomplished now. But God's saying, some things are going to happen here, but the good stuff's going to happen there. The world's rhythm is this. Hurry, hurry, get it done, rush, rush, press, Press until you get breakthrough, right? And most of the time you have collateral damage out of that, right? Collateral damage, you're exhausted. Damage relationships behind that idea. Marriage, kids, kids don't want to even be around us. Well, I don't know, I don't relationship with dad. He's been working the whole time. But I'm getting the American dream, right? But heaven has its own rhythm. Here's the kingdom of God's rhythm. Listen to the Spirit. Hear the voice. Hear the word. Hear the promise. Rest in it. Trust in it. Wait. Be patient. Enjoy your life. Enjoy your relationships. Pray into it. Accomplish what you need to accomplish and what you know to do. And at the right time, now it's released. It's totally different. What happens usually in the world's thing is you just do as many things as you can. Well, I don't know what's going to stick, so I'm just going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to make sure I get this business, and I'm going to call this lead, and I'm going to get on this. And, and the Word of God, the kingdom rhythm is just listen for the Word of God, and it will come to pass, and you just wait in it. You just rest in it. You know, it's kind of like the Internet guy coming to your house. <laughs> What does he say on Saturday morning? It's usually like, I'm going to be there between 8 and what time? Midnight. 8 and midnight. And you get up early in the morning, and what do you do? You, you, you're up at 7.30 in the morning. You're thinking, oh, my goodness, I, I don't want to look him in my pajamas. And you get up in the morning, and what time does he show up? 11.35, and you know, whatever, in the morning. And you're like... Dude, I've just been literally wasting all my time. I'm, I can't really get what I need to get accomplished because I'm just running around like, ah, I, I just need, when is this guy going to show up so I can go get my stuff done today? But what happens, this would never happen, but what if he said, I can be there at 11.35 a.m.? How would it change your day? You might rest a little bit more. I might sleep in a little bit today. Then I'm going to get up and I'm going to go hang out with my kids and we're going to go to IHOP. And we're going to, we're going to hang out with the kids. And, and, then, and then, you know what, let's go through Starbucks for a second. And you know what, after that, maybe we'll go get some shoes and go shopping. All we got to do is be back by 11.35. You see, that's what living in the kingdom time is. That's what was Jesus was. It, it was like, I, I, I'm not in a hurry because I know my assignment is right here, and it doesn't happen until a few hours from now. 
And so I can do all the things in between. I can rest. It's okay because when I get to this point, that's when the word is released. That's when God wants to do something. But what happens is when we're not listening to the timing of the Lord and we're not getting on kingdom time, we feel exasperated and we're like, goodness, I feel like I'm wasting my time. And, and, and if you will just begin to wait and ask the Lord, hey, what's your kingdom time for my life? Eight years ago, uh, I was in a job at a church and uh, I'd been there for many, many years. And um, man, I was working insane hours and, uh, and begging for help and I couldn't get anybody. Does anybody relate in here? <laughs> and it was around September and I, was, I felt like I was supposed to leave and I was getting really frustrated with life. And I was just like, I mean, I remember every night I'm sitting there walking in my, uh, in my neighborhood and I would just pray like, God, will you please just take this from me? I just didn't know what to do, didn't know what to do. So one day I'm sitting there talking to my good friend who's the prayer pastor, Lisa Swayze. And uh, I'm talking to her and she says, you know, as you're, we were praying together about it. And she says, you know what, as we were praying, immediately I got just this picture that it's December. I would mind you, I was in September. December, you're going to tell me exactly what you know what to do. I know I've told this story before, but September or December, you're going to know exactly what you're supposed to do. And do you know what that word did for me? It settled my heart. I don't have to put out resumes. I don't have to try to try to make things happen. You know what I did? I put my head down and I say, you know what? I'm going to finish strong here. And you know what happened in December? I was out in a few weeks. Boom, word of God. There's a rhythm to the kingdom that will set you free from striving. It will bring righteousness, peace, and joy into your life. You know, Jesus didn't care what other people thought. You ever notice that? He just is like, I'm just doing the will of my Father. We live in urgent and immediate all the time. And we have people pulling on us all the time saying, you got to get this done. you got to get this accomplished. And sometimes we're sacrificing our family in the, in, the, in the process of it. Kingdom time says, you know what? I don't need to do that. That's not what I'm called to do. So the last few minutes, let me ask a worship team up here. I know this is kind of like a very lofty so are you guys getting what I'm saying right? Yeah. Okay, good. One person. Praise God. <laughs> I just want to give you three little thoughts on the timing of God in our lives and how, how, we, um, how, how we're supposed to approach this. Number one, uh, practice. We, Pastor Casey did, it, did a great job last week. Practice silence and solitude. Slow down enough to ask. Slow down long enough to ask God, what, Lord, I don't feel comfortable in this job. Am I supposed to leave? Okay. When? Slow down long enough. James says this, look here, here you who says today or tomorrow we're going to go to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We'll do business there and make profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. Well, you ought to say, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. God, 
what are you, what are you saying, God? I, I want to be kingdom-minded. So, Lord, I just I need to know your timing. Number two, make a decision. I'm not moving forward until I get a direct word from the Lord or peace about something. I'm not buying that car. I'm not buying that house. I'm not moving here. I'm not going here. I'm not calling this person. I'm not doing anything until I get a direct word from God or the peace of God. You just make a decision. You know, when um, we lost our youth pastor here about four months ago, and, you know, I was a little bit nervous about it. You know, I was like, oh, my goodness, who's going to do this? And I felt, I did not get a peace, and I felt from the Lord, I really heard the word, the Lord says, I want you to wait until the summer is over, and then you can start looking. And when I got that word, I didn't go look for anybody. You know what I did? I said, Lord, then I guess I'm supposed to just put my foot down here, and I'm supposed to dig into the youth ministry. And you know what's come out of it? Amazing stuff. God's moving in our youth ministry. It's awesome. But I also felt like the Lord really put this burden on me for our, youth, our young people that I would not have had. I would have just gone and found somebody else and you guys just have a fun time over there and make sure they're getting to know Jesus. But as I began to step into this, it's like, man, this is huge. We've got to pour into these young people. They need Jesus. We've got to disciple them. And it's out of that, now I can actually start actually looking for someone and say, this is what I need, this is what we need in this church. Otherwise, I would have said, hey, you know, this looks like a guy who works well, a girl that works well. But now, because the Lord allowed me to wait, I was allowed to have a new perspective on it. Many of us get frustrated because we get the promise, but we don't ask for the timing. Timing is just as important as the promise. And we're getting mad at God because you told me, Lord, you gave me this promise, but we didn't ask him for the timing. And we, we sometimes we walk into the, we're, we, we try to force an Ishmael and we're like, I'm going to do this. And the Lord says, no, 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 that, I was just giving that to you to prepare your heart. Last thing I want to just say is God's kingdom is about people. It's about people when it comes to time. It's not about getting something accomplishment. The kingdom of the world is about self self-fulfillment and accomplishment but the kingdom of God is always always about people and people take time how many times do we just miss somebody right in front of our face that the Lord wants to use us to talk to because we're in such a hurry Remember, the kingdom of God is not about getting something accomplished. It's about people because people are eternal souls that he cares so much about. When we get on kingdom time, we'll begin to notice people more and more. Jesus did it all the time. I mean, he would just stop and see someone hurting. I gotta, that's why small groups are so important. If you really want to be kingdom minding, small groups are an important part of, this, of, of your life. You've got to be in in ministry with other people. You've got to be hanging out with other people in the body of Christ if we want to be kingdom-minded. Um, I just want to finish with this last story and then I'll let us go. Um, Sarah, two weeks ago, she was getting ready or something or praying. I don't know. You might not have been praying. I don't know. But she just heard the word... Um, Get ready, you got two weeks. This was two weeks ago about the baby. Two weeks. And um, 
And she said it just set her free. She heard the Holy Spirit say two weeks. It set her free because number one, she was having contractions and things were happening in the middle of the night. And she said, you know what? This isn't it. This isn't it because the Lord told me two weeks. See, when you get a word about what you're supposed to do, when things get hard, if you don't have the word, you say, I guess this means we got to get out. But when you've got the word, you know, I'm supposed to stick with this because the Lord told me. Don't move. Don't move. But what it also did is it allowed her to get super focused on these last two weeks of getting prepared for this baby and getting all the things accomplished and all the things ready. That's what knowing God's timing is about. And that's how Jesus operated. And that's what he's called us to walk into the kingdom of God and say, I want you to step into a new dimension where time looks totally different. There's a totally different rhythm. And I want you to walk into that. First Chronicles 12 says this, For the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. All these men understood the signs of the times and knew the best course of Israel to take. That's what we're called to do. Let's stand up and pray here. Lord, we just, um, this idea of the kingdom, Lord, I, I don't know if I, I really did a good job of communicating it, but Lord, I pray, Lord, anything I didn't communicate, Lord, you would communicate by your spirit. That all believers here, Lord, have this new realm of living. We're citizens of heaven, Lord, and I pray, Lord, that we begin to operate under the laws of the kingdom and the values of the kingdom, that when we seek first the kingdom we're seeking first we're prioritizing the ways of the kingdom first before anything else father and so lord i just pray holy spirit fill our lives fill our lives god give us the new revelation of your kingdom i just want to end with just that that chorus run time and then we'll pray out Let's just sing it out. Holy is the Lord. take just a second if you feel comfortable just lift up our hands real quick and I just want us to say this verse Lord I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto me one more time I seek first 
the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto me. Amen. 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 All right. Come on. You got a new kingdom to walk into. You got a kingdom to walk into that God's called you to. There's so many more aspects of this. We, I just touched on one, but uh, well, God bless you guys. You have an amazing, amazing week. Love you, and we'll see you soon. Amen.